We've got brand new March Dynasty Startup ADP for you. That and much more on today's episode of Locked On Dynasty. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Thanks for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com backslash locked on today to get started. Welcome to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell. You can follow me on Twitter at RyanMC23. Joining me as always is Matt Williamson. Find Matt on Twitter at WilliamsonNFL. How's it going today, Matt? It's good, man. How are you? Things are heating up around the league right now. They are. They are. We had a, a an interesting couple of days uh, to start the week with the tags. A couple of deals got done. Mm-hmm. But Matt, I was, I was, you know, I was really looking forward to free agency this year, and and so many others were. I looked at the list of what's left after the tags oh. after. Um, uh, after those those couple quarterback deals got done, it's pretty ugly when you when you talk about the top uh, free agents left. What it know, is? I mean, the wide receiver's been bad, but I looked at the top guys. Garoppolo, I think, is probably the top free agent quarterback. Uh, Myers Not and Juju say, at yeah, wide receiver. Right, right. Yeah, I mean that running back. Schultz. Yeah, Schultz at tight end. Yeah. Running back Sanders, Montgomery. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, are any of them franchise changing type players? Not really, you know, for, for fantasy purposes. Yeah. I, I mean, some of the best guys are like Hargrave and Orlando Brown and, you know, yeah. it, it's fine, but, and some guys are getting cut, you know, the Robert Woods. I mean, not that that's super exciting, but no, I hear you. It's a little bit underwhelming of a free agency class, but I do think some quarterbacks could move. Aaron Rodgers obviously is still in the news and Lamar and those guys. So it'll be fun. That is true. We had, we had kind of similar thoughts last year with a, just an average at best uh, free agent class. And, and we had mm-hmm. Russell Wilson traded and Devontae right, Adams right, and right. Tyree kill. So uh, sounds like Rogers could, uh, could move. Sounds like Deandre Hopkins could move. So yeah, maybe, maybe that'll yeah. give us some excitement with some trades. Good point. Matt, we've got some brand new startup ADP. This is March data. It is post-combine, although this startup data probably isn't affected too much by the NFL combine. We're just going to look at the first round today, and and really I want to focus on the bottom end, the bottom half of the first round. The top five players, Matt, are the exact same as last month. We talked wow. about talked about them then. Slightly different order, but we still have – Justin Jefferson at 101. He was actually the first overall pick in all of those mock drafts. Jamar Chase is two, uh, obvious and no no surprise there. Three and four flip flop. Last month it was C.D. Lamb and then A.J. Brown. Now it's back to A.J. Brown then Lamb at four. And the fifth overall player, just as he was last month, is Bijan Robinson, also the first running back selected. So those five seem to be pretty well locked in when you look at these one quarterback leagues. So let's, let's move past those. You had any, quick, any quick comments for any you. thoughts? Yeah, there? just yeah. a couple of little things. I mean, I'm kind of picking nits here, but I'm a little shocked that AJ Brown and lamb are that close. I prefer Brown, you know, 
nine out of ten times. I mean, pretty pretty consistently. And I probably would have Bijan over Lamb. I know this is, you know, we're comp- I mean, it's probably not even worth talking about. But do you definitely have Jefferson over Chase? I might not. There's there's probably a little bit of recency bias with the mm-hmm. the season that Jefferson put up. Um, that he's he's been the not only the 101, but the uh, essentially the unanimous 101 for two months running now. Um, I think I pointed it out here. Uh, last month, maybe it was, uh, maybe I just stuck that in one of my articles, but, uh, we've got to go back to December of 2020, I believe before you, or maybe it was 2021 before you find a, uh, a consensus one Oh one in our ADP. So uh, basically we went, wow. uh, yeah, it was 21. We went basically a full year, uh, before we had that again with, uh, with Jefferson. Now he's done it two months in a row. So, I mean, to me, they're still very close. Um, you know, we always say we're happy to have either one, you know, yeah. take your pick. E- either one of those guys is fine, which, which is true. But I mean, if you've got the one one in a startup, you're going you're going to have to make the decision. I would take uh, I would take Jefferson, but I agree okay. with you. It's it's definitely close. Yeah. To me, it's like a flat out coin flip. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Matt, I want to get to, uh, like I said, the back half of the draft here, and, and we'll we'll name all these names very soon and, and tell you the order here. But when you're when you're dealing with that a teardrop like this, like we've got these top five guys, and it's probably more like one and two, and then three, four, five are are a second tier. Matt, if you're doing a startup now and you have that six pick, you're probably not feeling great. Uh, what what direction would you be going here? Uh, it, it might be a specific player, might be a, a trade down. If that were an option, what's, what's your move? If you've got the one Oh six pick in a single quarterback startup, maybe I'm a little different than you because I definitely would prefer the top five over six and not just for obvious reasons. Cause they're earlier, because I do think those five are different than the others. Yeah. But I think, I think Taylor who's six is clearly my six. Like I, I'd be more worried if I was a seven, you know what I mean? Oh really? Okay. Yeah. So John, okay. Jonathan Taylor is the one Oh six. I believe he also was uh, held that same spot last month. So no change there. I disagree, Matt. I'm, I'm just, yeah. I'm not drafting. I'm not drafting Jonathan Taylor in the first round uh, at all. Okay. Um, and there's honestly not many running backs I would take in the first round. Uh, that was my I, next I, question. Would you take Hall or McCaffrey or uh, Gibbs or anyone? Uh, Gibbs. Whoa, you throwing Gibbs in there. I, I, I know I got a little aggressive. I was just trying to think of you. <laughs> you. You stunned me there for a second. Um, I, I would take Bijan, obviously. I, I think he belongs mm-hmm. in the first round. And I think uh, even if you don't want to build around running backs, like like is the case with me and many others, uh, Bijan's going to have that trade value. So if you're sitting at four, five, six, You've got to take Bijan just, you know, if for no other reason than to be able to flip him for a wide receiver you like and, and much more. Um, mm-hmm. if, and obviously I don't, I don't think it would be a bad thing to, uh, to keep him either. Hall would probably, Hall would be my RB two, and he would be, he would be the only other back I would consider in the first okay. round. Other than that, it's going to be, uh, wide receiver after wide receiver, which is mostly what we see here. Um, so 
interesting that you you feel confident with uh, JT at six still, and then you see a teardrop after Taylor at six. Oh, you almost ahead. said exactly what I was about to say, but about McCaffrey, not Taylor. Like, there's no way if I'm sitting there at seven, I'm taking McCaffrey. I mean, there's just no way. I might consider Hall. I think Hall and Taylor are neck and neck, but I can't use a first round pick on Christian McCaffrey his age. No, no, I wouldn't either. Uh, yeah. I think I think the ADP is understandable, but um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm not making that pick. CMC is the seventh overall player here, right behind Taylor. That makes him the RB three, and we've got uh, after four wide receivers to start the uh, start the data set. We've got three running backs in a row. That's broken by another string of wide receivers, and you mentioned some concerns or, or you know, some thoughts on. CD Lamb that maybe he's a little overvalued at four overall. I agree with that. I would I would mm-hmm. put Lamb with these next four wide receivers that we're going to okay. name as as young, high upside wide receivers. But I don't think we should really see a a value gap between him and, and the rest of these. And honestly, I would say the same thing about AJ Brown. So okay. my my second wide receiver tier uh, after. Chase and Jefferson would include Brown and Lamb along with these players. Chris Olave is eight. Uh, actually, Olave and Jalen Waddle have the same exact ADP of mm. 9.5. So they hold the eight and nine spots. Uh, Garrett Wilson is next. Amon Ross St. Brown is next after that. So that's four wide receivers Olave, Waddle, Wilson, and St. Brown. I'm lumping those four in with. Uh, with AJB and CD Lamb, and and that's kind of what my wide receiver tier looks like. So two things I have to add to that, well, maybe three, is I would take Wilson of that clump first because I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be his quarterback. I, mm. I really do. Okay. So I would t- that gives him the bump over Olave and Waddle. I love say Brown, but he just doesn't scream first round wide receiver to me. Yeah, I mean, it's just. A little unassuming. I really think he's a good player, but I'm not saying who there's anybody out there to take over him that's not listed. It's just I just don't do jumping jacks with that. It was my first building block of my team. And the way you said that, I'm not gonna put words in your mouth, but it made it sound like if you're sitting at 103 and can't get out, you're taking Bijan. Um, you know, I, I hadn't really I hadn't thought about that. Um Yeah. I would certainly try to trade down um, because sure, sure. Wilson and Olave are probably my favorite picks um, after that top five. Understandable. And as I said, I, I do really put them in the tier with Brown and Lamb. So okay. if, I, if I can't t- trade down, I think maybe you're right. Maybe I take Bijan and again, I'm, I'm going to have plenty of trade options or if, uh, or if he's just my one running back and then, really hammer uh hammer receiver, wide receivers receiver, from receiver. there yeah, on yeah, yeah. that would be a, a solid team building strategy as well uh, i get your concerns on saint brown i mean lacks seems to lack the big play upside mm-hmm. obviously doesn't have the draft capital of the other guys we mentioned that were uh, for the most part first round nfl draft picks so i get that i think he belongs here i mean he's been as productive as as almost anybody the past couple of years especially uh, among that group of young wideouts. Matt, we've talked too long about this. We've got a rookie uh, rookie to talk about. Oh, and mm-hmm. by the way, Brees Hall, 12 overall. That finishes out that first round. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
When we come back, though, Matt, we're going to talk about the player who might be the top overall pick in the NFL draft. We'll do that right after this break. Everyone, the, the midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is absolutely the perfect time to download FanDuel, which is America's number one sports book. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use, trust me. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to threes drained. Um, you know, you, you can bet on player points, rebounds, assists. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Matt, I mentioned that the player we're talking about today could be the top overall pick. I guess I maybe I should have said that about uh, Anthony Richardson when we spoke about him <laughs> a couple of days ago because the uh, the odds continue to go in his favor that he could actually be the top overall player drafted. But for now, I think this guy is the is the guy that we're, is uh, the favorite to be that top pick. It's Bryce Agreed. Young. Uh, no surprise. You probably figured that out by now. Uh, Bryce Young, of course, the quarterback from Alabama. Um, usually we, we brush by these measurements and just kind of spit them out and move on. But I think we better slow down here a little bit, Matt. Measured in at 5'10", 204 pounds, there was a lot of concern about what those numbers would be. Um, of course, he was listed, I believe, at six foot and, and 210 or some, somewhere around that. And everyone knew that was not happening. Uh, mm-hmm. he, was, he was clearly, you know, even based on some pictures uh, that had been uh, kind of floating around Twitter and floating around the Internet, it was obvious that he was not six feet tall. But ultimately, I think 5'10 and, and being over 200 pounds, I think he kind of came out as one of the winners of the combine, even though he wasn't uh, wasn't really all that active in the drills or on the field. What, what did you think about that? Um, yes, because you can put it on paper. It's set in stone. He was over 200 pounds at his combine. Great. I just... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, he walked right by me and I was a little alarmed how small he was. And okay. I, and I, I think he's got an inflated weight. I mean, I don't know this for a fact. I think he's five ten, one ninety. 190. you know, when he gets to camp next year or mini, you know, rookie mini camp, or I think that's what he plays at. And that's very, very little. It is funny that we, these players get measured at the combine in February, uh, February, March, you know, before they're drafted. And then essentially for the rest of their career, those, those are the heights and weights that are <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, that are used and associated with these players. And it's, it's obvious that uh, like the rest of us players gain and lose weight uh, all the time, but we, we stick with those combine numbers for whatever reason. So you're right because of that. And, and maybe he's uh, maybe he loaded up on uh on the donuts or on the protein as, as the mm-hmm. combine neared, but that two Oh four number looks pretty nice. Sounds like you don't quite believe it though. Not as what he's going to play at. I mean, I yeah. believe he was 204 pounds that day in Indianapolis. And like you said, I mean, like when I reference guys, 
like, for example, the Steelers sign someone, I always go back to their combine and I reference their height because <laughs> the weight is, yeah, you, you trust know, the or, height, not the weight. Uh, yeah, the height hasn't changed. I don't know about the weight. I mean, I don't think he'll, I don't know if he'll be, he'll be 204 pounds on a football field ever again. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, of course, uh, Bryce Young was a five-star recruit, ended up at Alabama, didn't play much his freshman year, got a little bit of game action, uh, but uh, really, uh, really blew up as a sophomore. That was the 2021 season. And Matt, I mean, we knew we knew how impressive Bryce Young was uh, leading his team to the, uh, to the playoffs, uh, nearly winning uh, a title. But these numbers are, are just crazy. Over 4,800 <laughs> right. passing yards and 47 touchdowns, just seven interceptions on the season. That 47 to 7 uh, ratio is looking pretty nice. We knew those numbers had to drop. He also lost, uh, lost really almost all of his top pass catchers uh, after his sophomore season. Uh, but still, solid numbers uh, this past oh, yeah, year. Yeah. Over 3,300 yards, 32 touchdowns and five interceptions. So the production is certainly there. Um, what What's your kind of overall take? I mean, you, you talked about his size. If you can kind of take that out of your yeah, yeah. Uh, analysis and, and uh, what's your thoughts on, on Young's game? Just like one sentence on his size, though. I'm not worried about him seeing the field and all that. I'm worried about his durability. I mean, I, I just don't – 17 plus games, you know, including preseason, postseason, all those things. I'm just worried about his durability. Can he handle it week after week after week, year after year? Not being able to see the field. Um, that being said, he's a tremendous prospect uh, other yeah. than that. I mean, he really is. He, he throws the football extremely well. They often talk about how – by Tuesday, he has the game plan down pat and is coming to the coaches with suggestions and all that type of thing is phenomenal. I mean, he's a good athlete, but he doesn't rely on it. Um, tough as can be, really good passer, experience in big games, which I think you know carries a lot of weight as well. And <coughs> excuse me, one thing I used to say about Aaron Rodgers, and now I'm saying about Pat Mahomes, and I'm not saying he's going to be as good as those guys, but. Sure. Compared to all-time greats, I always said Rodgers has as good a highlight tape as anyone in the Hall of Fame. And his low-light tape, his bad <laughs> plays, are as good as anyone in the Hall of Fame. Like, this guy doesn't turn the ball over either. Like, there's not many bad plays. And his highlights are really high, and his lows are very high, too. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you you watch Young play, and it's hard not to be impressed. Um, mm-hmm. You kind of hinted at it a little bit there, but so many of the what would probably be considered strengths, and you know, are mentioned if you look and listen to some of the top scouts in the game, uh, are you know really those intangibles? His leadership, his football IQ. Um, I, I really hesitate to even use this word because it it's kind of just become a joke at this point, but he has shown that he's a clutch athlete. He can get it done, yeah. you know, in crunch time when his team needs him. He, uh, the majority of the time was able to make a big play. And I don't think that's just a coincidence. I think that's, no. you know, that's kind of part of his, part of his makeup. He does have speed, didn't run the ball a ton. Uh, I think, you know, if, if you didn't watch college football much, if you um, are, are just ca- catching up on these prospects, even the top prospects like Young, maybe you expected him to 
to be able or to run a lot more than he did, but that, that hasn't really been the case. We kind of said the same thing with CJ Stroud. Um, I don't, you know, just because these are, or just because young is a, a smaller player uh, and an athletic player, he, he doesn't run the ball a ton. I, no, I think it's, it's possible, but we can't assume that's going to be part of his game. And you don't want him getting hit downfield either. So I, I'm <laughs> not counting on a lot especially of at that yards. frame. Uh, right, right. Any other strengths with Bryce Young? Field vision, creativity, okay. different arm angles. You know, that we're seeing that more and more across the league, the Mahomes experience. And I'm not comparing him to Mahomes, but just really sees the field extremely well. So, yeah, I mean, he's he does a lot of good stuff. Uh, weaknesses. I mean, it's, it's really just the size, uh, which is mm-hmm. a, that that's a good place to be. If that's the main question we have about uh, a player, about a quarterback, you know, it, it's a concern. It's a, it's an understandable concern, but that's really it. I mean, it doesn't have the biggest arm, uh, the most arm strength, I would say probably just average, but you know, I don't, I don't think that's a deal breaker by any means. Matt, we haven't talked specifically rankings yet here. So comparing, uh, we'll, we'll leave Richardson and Levis out of it for now, but just comparing Stroud and Young uh, from an NFL standpoint, not even dynasty or fantasy, who do you think's the better quarterback prospect? I think Young, boy, I love the way Stroud threw the ball to combine though. And the last couple tastes of Stroud we've seen combine, the game against Georgia has been his best stuff. You know, not that his other stuff was bad. Yeah. I think Stroud is the safest prospect of these quarterbacks. And, you know, like I'd be shocked if he busts where I can see a path where the other three absolutely could. And with young would be inability to stay on the field. So he's a little bit more of a dice roll for me, but I think I would roll the dice with young. That goes against my nature though. Just taking little quarterbacks. It just, it it hurts my soul a little bit, you know I mean? But um, I do think he has a chance to be really, really good. And some of it might be where I live. You know, if I was the bears, I'd rather maybe have Stroud or even the other two, but if I'm Houston or Tennessee or Tampa, I mean, I'm talking about geography domes, things like Mm -hmm. that. I'm a lot more comfortable with young. Okay. All right. Matt, when we come back, we'll talk about dynasty value and potential landing spots in the NFL. Thanks for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NFL Draft. Damian Parson and Keith Sanchez provide in-depth coverage of the biggest NFL draft prospects with deep dives into the sleepers and hidden gems that can change your favorite NFL franchise. Find Locked On NFL Draft wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Matt, let's finish up here our conversation about Bryce Young. Looking at the dynasty rankings over at DLF, he is the uh, third ranked player overall in our Superflex rookie rankings. He's the quarterback too, so he is behind Stroud there. But if you shift mm, over, he's to, not, it's uh, not Richardson though. I mean, he's he's ahead. Not of, yet. Not yet. Like not I said, yet. Not I yet. It's coming. That yesterday, we'll have that post combine yeah, yeah. rookie ADP very soon, 
and yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm interested to see if uh, if Anthony Richardson had has overtaken Stroud or Young or maybe even both. Uh, certainly, certainly in that mix. Uh, rookie sure. ADP again. This is also pre combine Superflex ADP. Um, Young is second overall there, and he's the first quarterback. So even the uh, the mock drafters, the rankers from DLF are torn on Stroud versus Young. If you look over at startup ADP, uh, Young is the quarterback 15. Uh, I believe he's just behind CJ Stroud in that uh, in that data set. Both of so those they're guys, neck, they're really neck and neck, huh? very close, and both okay. already close to that quarterback one range. So no wow. real surprise there. Yeah, let's yeah. take a quick look at some expert mock drafts, and this won't take long because the numbers are all very <laughs> right. all very similar. Mel Kiper has Bryce Young first overall to Houston, and of course, a lot of these, uh, in fact, most of these uh, draft projections do involve. Uh, a trade. We've got obviously the Bears sitting at one right now, and most people expect them to trade that pick. Matt Miller, also first overall. Uh, he thinks the Colts are going to be the team to trade up. Daniel Jeremiah, second overall to Houston. That's where they sit right now. Dane Brugler, same thing, second to Houston. Lance Zerline, Danny Kelly agree with that as well. <clears throat> they both have Bryce Young second to Houston. And McShay agreed with his. Uh, his partner, Matt Miller, first overall to Indianapolis. So we've got uh, multiple uh, Houston projections, multiple Indianapolis projections. The other teams that you would say are maybe in the mix there, uh, other teams that are in that range have a possible need at quarterback. Uh, Las Vegas, seven overall. You would think they would need to trade up. Detroit, six overall. Uh, They do have Jared Goff, obviously, so... Um, we'll see how, you know, what route they go. They would need to trade up is the assumption. Eight is Atlanta and nine is Carolina. So what's, what's your pick here? To me, Houston is, is that's where I want him to go. That's, that's the one yeah, I like yeah. the best. Indy would be attractive as well. If they would move up a, a couple spots, there's a little more infrastructure there than Houston. That's fair. Um, but, you know, but Houston has a second first round pick too, which is appealing. Maybe that's a receiver or whatever. Um, I, I I could see I, I, all those are about equal landing spots. My only real nuggets here are in those mocks. I think he goes two just because their editor said there's no trades in this mock. You know what I mean? Like right. it's yeah. it's not like Stroud went one. I mean, I, I think in all these mocks, it's still young over Stroud, not by leaps and bounds, but in the mocks, that's the way that all these experts pick. I could absolutely see Carolina being super aggressive, though. I just think they're a very aggressive organization, starting with ownership, that maybe they go all in. Maybe it's even for Lamar, but I bet they could. I could see them going all in and not ending up at nine, instead ending up at one, three, something like that, and and getting a quarterback, whether that's Young, Stroud, or whomever. You know, we talked about the Lamar situation, and and since you mentioned it, we'll we'll finish up with this. Something that I hadn't thought of when we chatted about it uh, yesterday, I believe, was if a team signs Lamar to that offer sheet, they're mm-hmm. giving, they're agreeing to give up two first rounders. Um, but that can be done later in the off season. It could be done after Post-draft. the after the NFL draft. 
So yeah. if you're one of these teams that we just mentioned, Houston, Indianapolis, Detroit, Las Vegas, Atlanta, Carolina, if you don't get one of the quarterbacks, let's say you miss on all four or you're, mm-hmm. you, you don't want Levis or you don't want Richardson, maybe that's plan B is, hey, we'll offer our 2024 and 2025 first and we'll give this guy 220, 30, 40, 50 million guaranteed. So I know that's a huge price to pay, obviously, but it's also like kind of like a plan B if they don't get the rookie in the NFL draft. Yeah. And so the only way Miami who's been linked to them can do it is post draft. Cause they right. don't have a first round pick. So right. they're not even able to do it now. How about this though? I've been, I've been on like 10 podcasts today and I keep bringing it up because <laughs> it really, it really intrigues me. Washington. Yes. Their owner might sell the team. He's hated in Washington and across the league whether he cares or not, who knows. But if I'm him, what if I just offer Lamar the Watson deal, you know, plus a dollar, plus 10%, whatever. Lamar's going to say yes. I'm betting the Ravens are going to say no because they already said no to him that way. And all it would cost Washington is a 16th pick, which is late, and next year's first, which you would think is a playoff pick. You know, I... I had not thought of it. I, I right. kind of like it. I like it a lot. I mean, you're essentially saying that um, Daniel Snyder really has nothing to lose because the expectation is sooner or later he's moving on. Um, and, and real quick, I want to stop you because if you're him, maybe all the Washington fans are like, boy, I hated Daniel Snyder. It's the worst year ever. But he got us Lamar on the way out. Exactly. That, yeah, you know what like, I mean? You kind of redeem yourself. <laughs> Yeah. And you give the finger to the rest of the league because now there's two guaranteed contracts and Cincinnati's going, oh, no. Now Burrow's going to ask for this deal and how do we re- refute that? Mm, wow. I like it. The I guess the only question, and, and I'm not sure about this, is how much of that $250 million guaranteed, uh, you know, how much of that is coming up front as a signing bonus or, you know, yeah, because you know. if it's, a $75 million signing bonus or something crazy. Um, you assume that would come out of Snyder's pocket or, um, mm-hmm. you know, that would, that would hit the, the pocketbook a little bit more than uh, maybe spreading that out. So that's, that's the only hesitation, but I really like the idea and you're right. If, and- if they're, I mean, we talked about that possible collusion yesterday and if mm-hmm. Carolina and Atlanta and Miami and all these other teams that are saying they're not interested if there is some kind of conspiracy and, and collusion actually going on, some kind of under the table agreement, well, Daniel Snyder is definitely care. not involved in that. He is on the outside <laughs> right. looking in. So yeah, I like it. We'll see what happens. And if that you're Bezos it. or whoever, wouldn't you rather buy the commanders with Lamar, with Lamar? than without? I mean, I think that the yeah. franchise goes up in value, maybe more than the contract. You know what I mean? And and yet another reason to uh, for Snyder to make the move if it's right, you know you you redo your your uh, bathroom on the way uh, before you sell the house. That's a great, right, that's a right. great move. Throw a coat of paint on everything; it looks better. You know, hide some warts and put butts in the seats. That will do it for today's show. Please make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe to the Locked On Dynasty channel on YouTube. 
Remember to follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Dynasty. Follow Matt at Williamson NFL. And I'm Ryan MC23. We'll be back next time with more Locked On Dynasty.